previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. How can we get in touch with you? You're on, are you on Twitter and all that stuff? I am, but I don't use it. I'm on Facebook. I do use that. Okay. I'm on Instagram. I don't even pay much attention to that. I'm here. I mean, <laughs> we're small town people. It's not that big a deal, but I really did enjoy this. It was fun. I had no idea what to expect, but uh, I would encourage anybody else who you ambush to go ahead and do it too. It's not painful. <laughs> I think that's the best review we've ever had. I know. That's awesome. Back to the Light Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Roxy, another jam-packed episode. Always jam-packed. First, we're going to start with this. Roop Sharma, episode 115. Chuck, you are correct. That's all I'm going to read. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure he wrote more. I don't think so. I think that's all I see here. (laughs) Chuck, you are correct. That's all I need. All right. Chuck, you are correct that Elsa's has a location in the greatest town on the earth, Springboro, Ohio, a.k.a. Roop's hometown. But you were also correct. Whoa, that's two for two in this email. Whoa. Glad that's in writing. (laughs) I'm framing this. That there is another location in Kettering, which if I remember correctly, is the original location. Yes, that's the one we went to, Roxy. Yeah. It had to be the one in Kettering. He says I'm correct twice. Wow. It's going on the refrigerator. Definitely at least going on the refrigerator. (laughs) It might be getting a frame and going up on the wall. Who knows? (laughs) All right, Roxy, let's get to our fantasy football real quick. We're on fire, Roxy. We should have put money on this. That's all I can say. You won again this week. I won again this week in the Loyal Littles fantasy football groups. And unfortunately, we do have to say goodbye once again to somebody in the Loyal Littles podcast fantasy football group because we do the guillotine league where un- one person gets chopped each week we did pretty good we didn't come in first this week as because we have a combined team for that and unfortunately we had to say goodbye to mort d that's all it says mort d mort. we have not met mort yet now i've been in contact with mort though he's coming on the podcast oh good but he said he's not quite ready yet that's okay he, he loves the podcast okay he, he said that on twitter he's i love it i'll be there soon because i'd like now you got some time you got some time on your hands so <laughs> <laughs> you got to come on the podcast Anyway, as I said, jam-packed episode. Let's just get right into it. We have such an exciting five mediocre minutes. You know, we have this question that we ask the Littles when they come on to meet the Littles. And I think it's something like, if you were guaranteed to be successful in another career, what what would would it it be? be? Mm -hmm. This is now on my list. Yeah. And Roxy, the funny thing is, I probably would have never even thought about this as a career. And I don't know why. I mean, obviously, it's a career. I, I just never would have thought about it. Until we recorded episode 70. Yep. And Littles, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 70. You're going to get a taste of it here. Not sure how much of a voice he has left, but we're going to find out. Please welcome to the podcast from episode 70, Joe Magnu. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Good. How's everybody there? We're great. Yeah, we're good. Very excited to talk to you again. Yeah. Uh, As you, you weren't on the line yet, I had just said, you know how we do that question where if you had one career... That if you could definitely be good at, you'd want to yeah. do it. You know that yours is definitely in my top ten. Okay, so oh good. Now we just said you're episode <laughs> seventy on the Loyal Littles podcast, but give a quick little brief description of what you do, or just tell everyone what you did this past weekend. Okay, well I'm a freelance cameraman, so have network will travel. I can be ESPN one day and NBC the next. This past weekend I was uh, TBS and I was in Cleveland for games. Three and four of the division series between the Yankees and the, oh, since it's on a podcast, the Guardians. Don't upset anyone. <laughs> <'Cause>, 
I know. We, I, you know, I'm I just, fumble I'm over old. it too. I remember the Indians. I'm old. I, it's hard to change in one year. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, but we were there, and my camera was down the left. I was right next to the left field foul pole. Me and a lot of drunk friends that I just met. <laughs> well, you were telling us because I was texting you about it. Because when I found out you were doing yeah. these games, I was like, oh, we got to get him back on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. now, full disclosure, you had said you were a Cleveland Indians fan, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Littles, we, we're not going to dive too deep into that. You have to go back. Episode 70, look it up. It's a great episode. Yep. Right. He does a great Tim Kirchin impersonation, first of all. <laughs> you don't want to miss that. <laughs> It's all on episode 70. Go, he goes in depth to what he does, some of the biggest games he's ever done. And it's just, I don't know. It, yeah, it's great. Spoiler alert. You were at yeah. the Cleveland Cubs World Series. And yes. Yeah. So we went into Thanks the whole. Thanks for bringing up a bad memory. But yeah, yes. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but I wanted to get into the whole thing, how it must be so hard. Sure. Because you've got to concentrate on the camera. You can't be like cheering for yes. your team. You know, like if you know one's going out, yeah. you've got to stick to the the batter or wherever. Yeah. So, yeah. so you said you were in left field by the foul pole. So I know you can zoom mm-hmm. into home plate. Like where, what's the camera yes. you're getting them guessing them rounding second to third, maybe stuff like that. So go um, into that. my main responsibilities, I mean, I wasn't high up on the so-called uh, replay list because I'm, you know, we have, I think we had four super most, uh, super slow motion cameras and, and they always jumped ahead of the line when it comes to replays because super mo's sure. look great. And because that's what I had last week for the ESPN wildcard one. But balls hit down the left field line. Um, I know I got a few replays uh, last night. I believe one went down. Yeah, it was just inside the line. And they used my replay on one of them. If there's a grounder hit to short, throw to first. And I think they use my replay on the play at first where his foot was off the bag. And oh, right. so a lot of that. And then. A lot of shots of Boone in the dugout. Yep. Crowd shots. Yep. Um, with that camera, certain cameras down low by the dugouts, I mean, they have a, a set of, not rules, but when this happens, you do this. When this happens, you do that. Then you go do this. Whereas left field line, he pretty much just says, make it pretty and, and be creative. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. I didn't have too many directions. Right. And how many total cameras <clears throat> were there? Do you know? There were 16 what we call hard cameras, the big giant cameras. Okay. Um, we had our boy Jared. He was the one who runs out when players come off the field, and they, he takes them to the dugout or takes them to the boxes. I don't know how he does it because he had a shot one time of, like, the Yankee dugout, and then I swear 30 seconds later he's standing by the bullpen door waiting for the pitcher to come out, and I go, how in the heck did you? <laughs> oh he was gosh. all over the place. Wow. He's, he's great. It's those cameras that where the background is all blurred out. Mm-hmm. It's like the new fad now. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was running that one. It's like Whoa. a steady cam. I always wondered that. You'll see him, at, especially at the top of the game, not every inning, but like at the very top yeah. of the game, you'll see them standing mm-hmm. like literally 20 feet off the, the pitcher's mound. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I just always felt like if I was a pitcher, I'd be like, get the hell out of my way, man. I'm, I'm Now uh, it's I, game time. I'm warming up. Leave me alone. You I've know? had to do that in Pittsburgh a few times when the guy who normally does it wasn't there. And it's a very strange feeling knowing that there's, you know, nine professional athletes out there and this schmo standing behind the pitcher with a camera. <laughs> all I kept thinking is don't trip. Don't, right. you know, don't do anything to draw <laughs> attention to yourself. <laughs> and you're just like begging for the director to say, OK, get out of there. 
Right. Oh my gosh. It's such yeah, a fascinating. So yeah, we had a fair amount of cameras. Yeah. So, all right. I think we can go into this because you were texting this to me a couple nights ago when you said it's very well known that Roxy and I are Red Sox fans. So clearly we have sure. a connection with Terry Francona. So we are definitely pulling for mm-hmm. Cleveland in this mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Nothing personal, New York. Well, it is. But it um, is. anybody but the Yankees. Anybody but the Yankees. That's okay. You can say it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So obviously the game three, very exciting night for you all. I mean, that mm-hmm. place must have been going absolutely nuts. What it was the, it the was walk-off. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and the whole SpongeBob thing is really taken off there. Can you um, explain that? Roxy didn't I, know what why? that meant when it happened a couple nights yeah. ago. Yeah. So much like, and, I, and if you remember when Mr. Tony was talking about when the Nats made their run, the one player was playing Baby Shark as his walk-up right. song. <laughs> well, with the with Cleveland, Oscar Gonzalez, his through an interpreter, he, I don't think he speaks much English, and he said that it's a fun game, it's for kids, so he wants the kids to have fun, so Aww. he picked the SpongeBob SquarePants theme as his walk-up song. Aww. And when he had the walk-off the week before in the Wild Card series, my one friend Hugs, he found the one kid in the bleachers wearing a SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. And nice. if you, I'm sure it's on YouTube. And if you go, and you can see him looking at his mom, just saying over and over, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh." Aww. And um, so then he was there. But now there's, I've seen, oh geez, there was one kid that had a SpongeBob taped to his head, and another, and then there was a guy about 55 years old had a SpongeBob costume on. I mean, they were everywhere last. Well, so that, it's kind of caught on. That makes sense. So game four. Yeah, you told me you put mm-hmm. your Cleveland hat on in the ninth to try I to get did. the crowd going. <clears throat> now, you can't get in trouble for that, right? I mean, you're... Eh, not really, no. Okay. No, because, um, I mean, loosely, there was a rule instituted about eight or nine years ago saying you shouldn't wear any team right. logos on any mm-hmm. of your apparel. But it's a very, very loose rule because yeah. I don't know how many people have plain black hats with nothing on them. It's kind of hard to right. find. So. Right. But, and, but it did have the Wahoo on it because I bought it at the 97 World Series. Ah, so and it's nice and worn in and frayed. And, yeah. Yeah. So they were saying we need to do something to fire up the crowd. And I said, hold on. And I took my TBS hat off. <laughs> I threw the tribe head on. And everyone started cheering. Nice. There you go. Didn't nice. work, but it was fun. Yeah, it didn't work that night. But now we're now waiting. We're recording this podcast. The game five will hopefully be played today. It was rained out last night. Yep. So who knows? Yep. <laughs> what's going to happen there? Uh, now, you were saying it will probably favor the Yankees, unfortunately, now, right? If they have an extra day of rest with their pitching staff. I mean, yeah. I thought, had they played last night with a, a bullpen against bullpen, I thought it heavily favored Cleveland. Absolutely. That's whatever. Even Tony was saying that. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Don't count I thought Cleveland out. Uh, I know. Yeah. So frustrating. And I was though. bummed last week because last week the wild card series was on ESPN, and I was so hoping we'd get Tim Kirch. Mm-hmm. And always good to see Tim. Yep. This has been great. How's everything else going? Life going okay? You were saying you're about yeah, to go to D.C. Well. For, for what? Uh, my son, is he's an old school metalhead, and he <laughs> wants to see Iron Maiden, and they're not coming to Pittsburgh. So the two closest places were Columbus and D.C., and I said, well, let's go to D.C. Yeah. And we're, we're going to be in town for a night or two, and nice. then um, and I'm back to hockey. All right. Hockey That's right. Hockey's up. starting up. I get to go to Buffalo. Any bu- Do we have any Buffalo Littles? You know, I don't know. We must. I don't know. We must. We must. I hope so. I'm going up there to the 29th if somebody wants to come up. All right. Well, Littles, 29th, <laughs> Buffalo. Yep. Who's out there? Who wants to meet Joe? And Littles, as I've referenced already, episode 70 is when we actually met Joe the first time. Yep. Make sure you go into that because speaking of hockey, he goes into this great explanation about cameraing, how it's different. You yeah. know, like if you're going to, it's like the announcers for golf and hockey. 
totally different oh. games. <laughs> Same thing yes. for you with baseball or obviously golf, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or hockey. A little right. different, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Where's the puck? Some a lot faster than others. <laughs> like I said, episode 70. Go back. Don't miss it. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to come back thank on you. for five mediocre minutes. We really appreciate it's it. It's great to be back. I'm waiting for when you want to do a, an old school 80s uh, movies thing for Roxy so she can get her uh, list going here. Okay. Well, I just added... There's an... way too many movies. I was listening to the one point. I go, oh my God, how have you not seen that? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, we've, <laughs> we added, this. we've added Cannonball Run. That was 70s, I believe. Late 70s, right? Yeah. Maybe? That, 78 or 9. Yeah. That's a classic. Close enough. Cannonball Run. She hasn't seen it yet. We've got to get bleeds. that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Joe. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's always great to hear from you, too. Roxy, that's the closest we'll ever come to like on the big show. Tony has all these people that were like at the game last night. Yeah, I and mean, that's yeah. the closest we're ever going to come. I mean, that's so cool. That's really cool. And the fact that he's working the game. Yeah. Because I find that so intriguing. I really do. And we yeah. know he's a Cleveland fan and it just must be so hard to concert. I That's why I would get fired because I'd be so <laughs> wanting to watch the game and not my job. Right. You know, like, which is through this camera, like just concentrating on the runner or whatever. You know, you can't even look to see if the ball's going over. Sure. You sure. have to stay on the. Anyway, episode 70. Go back, listen. It's a great episode. Roxy, speaking of Meet the Littles, though, let's get mm-hmm. out of here. We have a great one. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, this is Honest Larry from Hewitt, New Jersey, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. being played in this episode by Emily Fern and Tim Osborne and this song is called Train of Life. Now we've been fortunate enough to play their stuff before. If you like what you hear you can find their stuff on Facebook. Just search Tim's Guided Tours and also on SoundCloud and YouTube. Just search Tim Osborne. That's T-I-M-O-S-B-O-R-N or Emily Fern. That's E-M-I-L-Y-F-E-R-N and as always we'll play the full song Train of Life at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy. Chuck. West Virginia, I believe. Ooh. A fun one. Ooh. They're all fun. Please welcome to the podcast, Dick Ash. Hey, Dick, how's it going? Hi, guys. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. It's going great. We're so excited about this. Yeah. We know you're one of the newbies. Yes, a yeah. new listener. Yeah. Who we discovered, and you were nice enough to email the show, and we always love that. Mm-hmm. But let's just let you jump right into it. Take a second. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Take us back to where you grew up and where you went to school and all that stuff. Okay. Well, I'm in Huntington, West Virginia. I've kind of lived here since I was two. I'll be 66 next month, so you can do the math there. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> Early. Yeah. And I went through high school here and then went to a place Littles may have heard of, Denison University oh. in 
beautiful Granville, Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, I was there probably, I don't know, 10 years at least before Nigel was, I think. <laughs> like I said, I'm an older guy. He, uh, I believe he was there. Has he mentioned he was there when Jennifer Garner was there? I think so. Or maybe he said he knew her. I don't oh, know. Really? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is all yeah. news to Roxy. She trains with my trainer. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, she grew up in Charleston, West Virginia, ah. which is about 50 miles from me. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And I think she was born like in Texas or somewhere out there and then moved here. Her father may have been with one of the chemical companies. Oh, cool. Okay. But she and, and Steve Carell are the two most prominent, I guess, Denison grads in, in well, entertainment. You I mean love, besides Nigel? I love right. Steve besides, Carell. Well, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. You, she loves <laughs> yeah. Steve Carell, yes. Yeah. We're yeah. big Office and, fans, yeah. Yeah, and Michael Eisner is a Denison grad. Oh, okay. He used to run ABC and, and, all, and Disney and all that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And one other guy, when I was there, there was this guy, I never got to meet him, but he went on to run ESPN one, uh, after that, George Bodenheimer. Oh, Okay. was uh, two years behind me at Denison. Oh, nice. Uh, I was in radio a little bit after college. I got a degree in computer science. Okay. But I, I did radio at Denison and really liked it and tried that professionally for about a year and a half. That was right when ESPN was starting. If I'd known George Bodenheimer at Denison, you know, my career may have turned out a lot differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I did radio for a year and a half, like I said, and then I went to work for the Corps of Engineers here in Huntington where my father had worked and really spent my whole career there, met my wife there. We've been married now 36 years. Oh, nice. nice. Um, yeah, and we retired the same day from cool. the Corps in 2014. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I knew better than to think that it would be a good idea for her to keep going to work and me be laying there in bed. waving <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> But she says, I wouldn't have waited for you. Well, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at Roxy like, now you realize that ain't happening, Roxy. No. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but since retirement, uh, we've opened a dog training business, which is 90% my wife. She is the trainer. Oh, wow. Neat. And we've had three Shetland sheepdogs one at a time. We had Lady for 14 years, an Angel for almost 13, and now Isabella, who's five. And they have all been therapy dogs, visiting at hospitals, nursing homes, wow. that oh, nice. kind of thing. And that's one thing I wanted to mention relating to the big show. Have you all noticed you hear a little click, <laughs> click, click sometimes? Of course. It's one of my biggest pet peeves, but I'm not going to complain because <laughs> okay. I just want... Wait, you mean this? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what it is? Well, it's his pen. No, I think uh, uh, it sounds to me, and I notice it more when I put on earbuds and I'm mowing the lawn or okay, something. Okay, I'm listening. Okay, all positive reinforcement dog trainers use a marker to mark to the dog that they've done exactly the right thing and they're going to get reinforced for it. And it's mostly clicker training. Oh. And it, so you think I've this got, is for Chessie? I think it's for Chessie. I think Chessie is being positively reinforced for not barking or not. You know. Okay, My hold mind the phone. Is Wait, That's all right. Amazing. So this is either going to be a major information for life moment, or I don't know. I might take you up on that. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that advanced over there at the podcast studio at really? Uncle Bunny's table. I really don't. I mean, I just because you know he's got his legal pad and he's writing stuff. You know, now is that you. Though? But now that he mentions it, there was an email read about this quite a while. I want to say like about a month ago. 
and it brought it up and they didn't deny that it was his pen. Right. Uh-huh. And I think Michael might have said something like, yeah, dad, you're clicking your pen or something. I don't know. Some, uh, you could be right, though, sir. I have no idea. That, okay. It's very interesting. That is so interesting. Because you're right. Because yeah. he has not barked a lot lately. Yeah. Or it might be a she. Right. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, see, I've got I've got a clicker here. It's you know. Okay. All right. So how? <laughs> wait. So how different does this sound? I, I mean, you know, I've heard this clicker thousands of times. And yeah, it, yeah. Right. I wow. guess it's I guess it's probably that. You know, that Interesting. That, is there a like a pen. is there like a like a language? I don't know if this is a dumb question, but how many clicks are the rhythm of the clicks? What am I thinking? Like no, Morse get, code or something? Yeah, is it like Morse code? Is it just With one click for everything, or, or is it? It's just yeah, just a just a click like that. It, well, it's usually because it, when you press the button in, it clicks, and yeah. then when you yep. release, it clicks. Right. Okay, so it's like and good I, boy. But, you know? But yeah, that's yeah, just oh. something. It's very consistent. You know, it, mm-hmm. like a verbal cue can be really different depending sure. on. Right. But yep. clickers are going to sound for the most part alike. Okay. That is uh, so. Fascinating. So here's my suggestion. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> no, you know what I'm about to say. I think you should write the big show and say you kind of got into it with Chuck and Roxy on the Loyal Littles podcast, <laughs> and we'd like to know the answer. I think it's a dog clicker. Blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. I think you should write in about it and say, like, they were saying it's a pen. Can you please tell us the answer? Because mm-hmm. I think he'd be interested to know about this whole method about the dog. If he doesn't already know, and that's what he's yeah, doing right. he, all he along. Yeah, he might be like, ah, those suckers. I think. I got them. I yeah. think I'm going to agree with you, Dick, and say, like, <laughs> Tony knows what he's doing with that clicker. <sighs> yeah. Right. I, th- I, th- I mean, I, I would think it's more Michael. I think, you yeah. know, they probably... Um, mm-hmm. If yeah. we're going to get a dog, you know, let's get a good trainer. And like yep. I say, all positive reinforcement. is the Yeah, word. right, right. Now, yeah. I'm going to throw a name at you. You probably don't know, but maybe. Do you know the name Bill Berloni by any chance? No. I mean, maybe your wife would. I don't know. He's the dog trainer for like all the Broadway animals. Mm. And so I've met him a bunch of times because I've done national tours of Annie multi- three times. But he does all that. He does all the Totos for Wizard of Oz. Yeah. He, now, I forget the dog's name for Legally Blonde, the little... Whatever um, that little ch- bruiser, bru- bruiser, bruiser I yeah. Think. yeah. So anyway, so he trains all of these dogs, and his methods are so amazing. And the best part about him is all his dogs are rescues. Mm-hmm. So all oh. these dogs that go on to be on Broadway stages and go on national they tours, they're all rescues, which wow. I think is really cool. Yeah. And he has a farm in, up in Connecticut, uh-huh. and he trains them all up there. And I'm not saying all of them, but I'd say at least 90%. Anytime there's an animal in the show, They've his name's probably in the program somewhere. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, but your wife does them as therapy dogs, right? Well, I mean, she trains just dogs to be good pets. Oh, okay. Get, I see. With good manners. And right. therapy dogs need good manners. Sure. You know. True. Yep. There's a couple extra things. Uh, the main thing a therapy dog would need would be some command. But they don't say command. They say cue. Hmm. A cue like leave it. Or something, you know, because you don't, if you're in a hospital, you don't want your dog picking up something that's on the floor. Right, sure. So you, you need a cue that would get them to either get away from whatever's there mm-hmm. or drop something if they picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, let's move over to Tony's side a little bit. We were just talking about him because you have a, a, pr- a good story, I think, about that. But how did you become a little and all that stuff? I guess just that I listened to sports radio a lot and I picked it up there. I was, I don't remember the exact chronology of that. I was listening on the website of the station there yeah. in DC that he was on or, uh, one time he was on like XM radio before they merged with Sirius, I mm-hmm. think. Uh-huh. 
but I've been listening since back then, and I was able to meet Tony, if that's the story you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I think it was in October 2002, so this is like the 20th anniversary of that. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll be celebrating like I will. Right. But, <laughs> but I had to go to Washington for a meeting related to work. The Corps of Engineers, like a lot of agencies, obviously, our headquarters are in Washington. And it was downtown D.C., and Tony was doing a show then from the ESPN zone there in downtown. And I emailed Ray Necci, I think was the guy's name, who was a producer. Oh, okay. He, he produced Tony's show in Bristol, I think. But I wanted to bring a Byron Leftwich bobblehead for Will Bond. So I found out from Marshall Sports Information Director that Will Bond had, I, like, I guess, asked on PTI, you know, left, which is from DC. So Wilbon, you know, was a big fan of his. Sure. And he wanted to get a, he heard Marshall had bobbleheads and the SID sent him several, I think. Oh. But, but so I still took one there to Tony, you know, said, I'll bring it there to there and they get, he could have it in the studio there at the ESPN zone or whatever. And I came down and when a break came up, Tony came out. I don't think I did get to meet Andy Poley, but Tony came out and I had my book. I'm back for more cash. Of course. <laughs> and he signed it for me. Yeah. And then I had the bobblehead. And then I also had a video a PBS documentary that a friend of mine did. It's called Ashes to Glory about the, the Marshall plane crash. Oh, and yeah. The yeah. Rebuilding of the football program. And I started to tell Tony about it. And he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want anything about plane crashes. Yeah. You know, oh, even though the story is 90% mm. the rebuilding of the program. Right, you know, right. Everything. But it was really nice. And he said, you know, you brought me my stuff here. Let me give you something. So I think he gave me uh, one of Junior's books. Oh, nice. Uh, but anyway, so that was, yeah, that was my experience meeting uh, Tony, which was a lot of fun. All right. And real quick, this is always interesting to me before we have to take a quick break. Your fandom. Because no professional teams in West Virginia, correct? Right. Had always been a Cleveland Browns fan because that's who we got on TV before the Bengals existed. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Okay. And the Cincinnati Reds, you know, we're about, we're about three hours from Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, okay. And of course, Marshall University when it comes to college sports, although I like Ohio State also because mm -hmm. when I was at Denison, Woody Hayes was the head coach at Ohio State and Woody Hayes went to Denison. And oh, coached okay. And coached at Dennis. So I, I kind of like them for that reason. Yep. And hockey, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sir. Amen. <laughs> Close yours, Bobby. Bobby just shut the podcast <laughs> off, but that's okay. You know, he, he listens to all the other ones, but okay. <laughs> they don't, they, but Tony never talks about it because the people turn it off then, right? Right, right exactly. Right. The ratings go right down. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm sure Eric Barnes would also have something to say about this, but Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he, he made fun of me one time for asking a Canadian what his favorite sport was. Right. He was like, come on, man, what are we even doing out here, man? So I, I, I haven't made that mistake again. I always just assume it's their favorite sport, and right. then I ask them, what other sports do you like? Yeah. So anyway. All right, listen, Dick, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Ron. Welcome back to the Lloyd Littles Podcast. And we're lucky enough to have Dick Ash with us. And Roxy, he filled out the form. Good. Okay. Now, for the loyal listeners, they'll remember, he wrote an email, I'd say about two weeks ago, maybe. And it was so good. And it was so long. And it was mm -hmm. just so Perfect. informative. But I didn't want to read it. I touched upon it and I acknowledged it. But I didn't go into it because 
it was basically like he was doing his Meet the Littles <laughs> segment through an email. So I was like, let's wait. So he sent a form in, obviously, as everyone that comes on the podcast does. And he has some more really interesting things. Let's just go in order. You said uh, it's about your, in 2005, you had a PSA test? Yeah. The core offered physicals to some employees. And my wife said, we really ought to do this. So I did the physical and there's a list of blood tests that oh, mm-hmm. you can do any of these, you know, they're free part of the thing. And so I picked PSA tests. I, I wasn't even hundred percent sure what it was, right? but Hey, it's free. I'll take one. And then, you know, it came back a little high and I found out what it was. And yeah, I had prostate cancer. Right. Well, I was going to say for those gosh. of us that don't know the PSA. Yeah. Prostate specific antigen. I right. think. Okay. Right. But, you know, I was only 47, I guess, or 48 around then, mm-hmm. which is unusual. You know, usually men don't get tested until they're 50. Right. Unless there's a family history, which I had none. But I ended up having surgery in like July of 2005 and everything went terrific and had clean tests ever since then. Wow. But, you know, it's just important then to get that check, especially if you're 50, but it's not out of the picture, even if you're less than 50. Right. 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 That was the first great shock of my life. Okay. I like how... Did you hear that segue, Roxy? Okay. (laughs) Going on. Go on. We're listening. Yeah. Yeah. My dad died in like 96, I think. I mentioned that. My mother, about 2010, 2011, she started showing some signs of dementia. But And it got to a point where she couldn't live by herself anymore. So my brother and sister and I took turns being with her. I was spending a lot of time with her. I started doing a lot of genealogy uh, with her because she was one of nine kids. And I have like 40 first cousins on that side of the family. Wow. And her short-term memory was not working as well, but her long-term memory was still good for quite a while. So we did a lot of stuff about her side and even what she knew about dad's side that I'd never really looked at. And so then she passed away in 2017. And then for Christmas that year, my wife gave me an ancestry DNA test because there were still some things, you know, I could learn from that. Like mm-hmm. dad's maternal grandmother had been adopted. You can use that kind of thing to maybe find some blood relatives of someone who had been adopted. Right. right. Now, before you and go any further, were you scared to do this in any way? Not at all. Not at all. You're just like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You know, I just figured I'd learn some things. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So I got results back and it gives you all that stuff about, you know, you're 70% this and 20% that, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Nothing unusual there. It was all England, Western Europe, that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. And then you get a list of people that you match some percentage of DNA with and how much you match. And I knew nothing at all about that. And I'm looking at that list and there's nobody named Ash. And there's nobody named Haynes or Doak, which were the other names on dad's side. And I'm like, well, there's something I must not know about this. So I just kind of put it aside, which is kind of unusual for me because I'm, you know, usually want to dive in on numbers and I work with databases a lot. And yeah. that's what family trees and all this stuff really is, is a database. So several months went by and a, uh, a cousin on my mom's side, a distant cousin, contacted me through Ancestry someone I matched. And again, it was on mom's side. So this wasn't any surprise, although I'd never heard of her before. But she was really into DNA and what they call genetic genealogy, and wanted me to do some stuff with my things there, you know, to help her and her research and documenting things in the family. 
And I said, could you take a look at my results and tell me why I may not have anybody, you know, any names I recognize there in that list? And didn't take her long to say, well, this is called a an NPE situation, which stands for not parent expected. Oh. And I said, what's that mean? So it means your father wasn't your biological father. Whoa. Mind Hello. blown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A ton of bricks on head there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was never a thought. Never considered that. My parents were together 40 some years, uh, six years when I was born. And so how could that be? And she figured out who my biological father was from my matches, and it was a man named Emmett Kearns, although it's spelled K-E-R-E-N-S. And uh, he had died in 1957 when I was nine months old. Oh, my Uh, gosh. He was 29. Yeah, he had had rheumatic fever when he was a child, which was a lot bigger deal back then than it is now. And it damaged his heart. And he basically had a heart attack about a week after his 29th birthday. Wow. But I've never heard his name or anything, but it's definitely got to be him, you know, from the other matches that you build kind of a tree based on the DNA hits. And my biggest hit was someone who was his first cousin. Wow. Now, you you said you have siblings, right? They are half siblings to me. Yes. Okay. All right. So they couldn't tell you anything about this. Obviously, they were too young, right? Right. Well, I was the oldest. Oh, you were the oldest. That's right. But now did that make them want to go get tested or something? No. Okay. No. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, my brother actually had taken a 23 and me test. His mm-hmm. daughter happened to have gotten him one for Christmas that year. So I got, there was no way to directly compare the ancestry and the 23 and me. So I did a 23 and me also, and it showed that we were half siblings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. And, and I've never heard of this happening. And my wife said, I saw a news story about that. There's a support groups or whatever. So I go looking and found a great support group, which is called DNA NPE. Again, that's that not parent expected mm-hmm. friends. It was started by a woman named Catherine St. Clair in Texas five years ago. So I joined that group and got active in it and became a moderator and then became an admin. So I'm involved in helping run the group. And there are now 80, I think we're about 8,800 members. Wow. So it's not like you should really be afraid when you do a test. I I think like maybe one third of people find some surprise. Mm -hmm. And See, Chuck here would be the one. See, that would be me. And that's why I'm like, I've never done (laughs) one. Yeah, I mean, that that must have been, I can't imagine the the emotions that you must have been going through. And anybody goes through when you find out something that you thought you knew is now not. Well, and you said both your parents had already passed, right? Yeah, by the time I tested. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So you couldn't even like go to your mom with questions, which right. maybe you wouldn't want to do that anyway at right, that point in your right. life. I don't know. Yeah, I said I, was, I grew up here in Huntington. I, I was born in Elkins, West Virginia. Yeah. And uh, it's a town of about 8,000 people. It was then, it is now. Mm-hmm. And I have found three people who are over 90 who knew my biological father and told me some stuff about him. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was a bank teller and bookkeeper at the main bank in town and everybody liked him. They kept, they kept telling me great sense of humor was active in the JCs and Mm -hmm. some other things, you know, other groups. And I've got one picture of him and I look like him. I've never looked like anybody, you know, if there was ever really any clue of this, it was just that I didn't look like my dad or my brother. Right. Interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating. There are some amazing stories in our uh, group of all kinds of things. Sure. Yeah. 
people that found out they were adopted uh-huh. you know, and they've never been told anything. Yeah. So they're not related to either parent or some are the son of a uh, sperm donor, actually, instead of. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're watching Amazing Race right now and there's twins racing. Yeah. They spent 36 years not knowing about each other. And then some, they must have taken a test or something happened and it brought them together 36 years later. And now they're going on the amazing race right. so that they could get to know each other. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause, and they wow. led very different lives yeah. all their life, but yet there was this connection that they just didn't know about. Yeah. So great. yeah, it's so interesting. And Roxy, we are definitely filing this under littles. Every little has a story to tell. Yes. Come on mm. the Loyal Littles podcast. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> now, you dropped in there that you're the admin of one of these Facebook groups? An admin. We, yeah. we have several, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, my yeah. question is, do you allow Uranus jokes in that group? <laughs> oh my is that gosh. is that something that's allowed? <laughs> Um, we, we have to have a little humor about this. Right. I was That's saying, I was trying to go. have to laugh sometimes so you don't cry. Well, all I'm time. also like, all right, how do I segue this to fun, dumb questions? Cause we were almost out of time. I was like, okay, so where do you fall on that? If someone were to post a Uranus joke in your Facebook group, how would you feel about that? Are you in favor of those? I, on, on general principles, yes, unless there was another planet that Uranus didn't know it was related to. It, right. So. It might not be appropriate. I get it. Well, we haven't talked to Saturn or that's, Jupiter. We don't that's know. a great answer. I mean, poor Pluto. He's not even there anymore. I so, know. you know. I'm so bummed about that. That could be a thing. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Dick, wow. we are almost out of time. And let's do some fun, dumb questions. If you could be yeah. a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? Uh, I don't know if you remember Quick Draw McGraw. Of course. Yeah, and he had a character he did called El Kabong, and he would hit the bad guys with a guitar. So I would probably say Quick Draw McGraw. I had a stuffed <laughs> one of those when I was a little younger. Nice. Nice. <laughs> okay, what do you think is the greatest invention of all time? Um, it's not the DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is what I mean. This is like, it was. I'm sitting there like, all right, I'm trying to, I don't want to have a sense of humor. You know, it's like, how do I get out? Okay, go ahead. That, see, that's great. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, just, I'm, I'm such a huge baseball fan. I'll, I'll just say the baseball. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's, that's a good answer. Cool. Okay. Love yeah. that. It brought me so much enjoyment. Okay. Absolutely. All right. If you could live in any TV home or movie, what would it be? Okay. Well, my wife loved Magnum P.I., the original. Oh, okay. And that was a great house. Yeah. So, and, you know, and had two good dogs there, the Dobermans that that Higgins could control, but Magnum couldn't. And so I'd probably say that house at least. Okay. Well, and you had the mustache, so can't go wrong with that either. So, Yeah, I do do have a mustache. (laughs) Oh, there you go. It's not Selleck worthy, but yeah. Would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize? Probably an Olympic medal, just because I was—I've never been athletic at all. Okay. So it would be the biggest upset in the history of the world. And follow up: uh, which sport? Oh uh, well, I used to run. I ran a marathon. Okay. So the hundred. Oh you yeah. Do 100. No, no, uh, probably the marathon. Oh, cool. that great. Cool. Cool. All right. We have an update to a question that we've used a lot. It's, would you want to be the worst player on the team that always wins or the best player on a team that always loses? It's the normal question, okay? However, someone wrote in, I think it was Oz, I don't remember who it was, but he said, we're forgetting one. Or would you rather be the best player on a team that always wins? <laughs> oh. I mean, that's, that's I forgot. Fair. That's fair. That's valid. That's fair, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'd say probably the worst player on the team that always wins. Mm-hmm. So you'd have that group achievement and camaraderie and everything, mm-hmm. but you were, didn't have to be the guy that has to go win it for the yeah, team. Yeah, you didn't. You don't uh, need that. You don't have that pressure. Right. Exactly. I see. Yeah, I'll be the guy that no, no, that dumps the Gatorade on. on the <laughs> All right, Roxy. Let's uh, let's end with some rapid fire questions. Okay, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Crunchy. An addendum to that, by the way, if they went in and looked at my arteries, they'd probably find peanut butter taped to the walls. I love peanut butter. (laughs) All right, right, let me. The Brady Bunch or the Partridge Family? Oh, Partridge Family. Okay. Big Susan Day fan. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) I dream of Genie or Bewitched. Bewitched. Okay, now here's one, not a popular one. Garfield or Heathcliff? Oh, Garfield, definitely. But you know who Heathcliff is, right? Yes, yeah, okay. he was All another right. cat with a comic strip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, well, Dick, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been fantastic. And, and thank you for sharing your stories. Yeah, That's yeah. Fantastic. and raising awareness. Yeah, mm-hmm. and raising yeah. awareness mm-hmm. as Chuck's here about mm-hmm. to get to the 50 mark himself. Yep. So anyway, is there anything we can plug for you? How can we get in touch with you? Are you on Twitter and all that stuff? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I haven't used it much lately, but it's still there. It's uh, D-A-4-D herd h-e-r-d as as a marshall fan Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm on facebook and uh, i'm on instagram i I mostly read though i don't post much yeah Uh gotcha that's what i do Uh, yeah and i just thank you guys again i've enjoyed it oh this has been great uh and we'll make sure we put all those in the show notes and as an homage to the big show we'll get you out of here on this over or under definitely over i was raised in a house of under but my (laughs) wife convinced me that over is the way to go okay oh and and care to expand like how did she did she just say this is it this is what we're doing or did she actually have reasoning she just thought it was she said it was it was gross you know it's much (laughs) much more much more hygienic to have it coming from the above instead of against the wall or oh see but it doesn't touch the wall so i could but it's close enough (laughs) it's not anything that's a deal breaker (laughs) right okay good good good. All right. Well, thanks again, Dick. We really appreciate the time. You're very welcome, guys. Enjoy the show. All right. All you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Doxy and Keith Ammerman. (laughs) Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. Another amazing Meet the Littles guest. Yep. They're just always so much fun. And Roxy, if he's correct, we have to get to the bottom of that. I haven't heard an email to the big show yet about it. But this whole clicker thing for the dog, if that's true, right. if that's what that is for Chessie, I don't know. I I thought it was a pen and I thought I heard them reference that at one point. <laughs> but maybe I'll write in. I don't know. I haven't heard anything from them on the big show. So we'll see. But lots of emails to get into Yep. Uh, from one, of course, in particular, which we all know it's coming. But we're going to start here because these are based on our last episode where we had Greg Smallwood and we were mm-hmm. talking about riping of bananas and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. And I thought you kind of made up something about the... Oh, the avocado. The like avocado. if you need... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, we heard, you know, we got a lot of feedback. Joe Maloney, episode 73, he says, bananas can indeed speed up ripening other fruits like avocados, but you'll want to put them in a brown paper bag as opposed to leaving them sitting on the counter next to each other. All thanks to the power of science. Well, ethylene gas, at least. Now... Okay, wait. So you want to put I, both fruit, both the bananas no, and the avocados no. in the paper bag? See, I've heard of, bag? I forgot all about this. I have heard about the putting it in the brown paper bag. I forgot all about it. Wait, which I is going in the brown paper bag? I, the avocado. It's, it says. Uh, 
Yeah, as opposed to leaving them sitting on the counter next to each other. I don't think you put the bananas in the, in the thing, too. I mean, maybe if you want to ripen the bananas. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know but we, we need specifics. Well, we've, we have some. Speaking <laughs> okay. of specifics, we heard from Bobby Gottfried, episode 12. <laughs> Chuck and Roxy, fun fact about bananas. They're actually not fully ripe until they have black spots on the peel. Oh. So many people end up eating underripe bananas. Yeah, I had now, one today. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, fair enough. I, I don't know. I feel like I've had some really nice non-spotted ripe banana yeah, i guess yeah where they're like nice and yellow I mean, is this the thing people have preferences with their meat i mean like your hamburger or whatever steak medium medium well well right. done what do you like right i mean i feel like there might be a way because i mean also the texture of the banana it's obviously gets oh, mushier yeah, yeah, yeah. as it gets more ripe and you bake banana bread with super ripe yeah, bananas. right well because that's easier to mush them up i guess mm-hmm. probably in the recipe i don't know all right so roxy we have an answer to your question i think because we heard from the one and only oz the great and flavorful episode two okay he says hey all i heard roxy's distress call <laughs> so i had to jump in place a banana or apple into a bag with an unripened fruit to ripen it quicker. Whoa. Trapped ethylene gas omitted from the nanner or apple will speed the ripening process. So now he's definitely being more specific about yeah. saying putting them in the same bag. Right. Wow, I never even thought about that. I didn't know apples do the same thing. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Information for life. Hashtag information for life. Oh, right. Don't forget the hashtag. All right. Then we heard from Ed Butt. Yes, Ed Butt, episode 51. Another great Meet the Little segment with Greg Smallwood. It was wonderful to hear that Greg takes care to pronounce correctly the names he calls as a PA announcer. One, my son's senior year in high school, he was the starting center on a decent hockey team for a mediocre conference. For the first round of the state championships, they drew an away game at a powerhouse on their way to the final four. Andy was never going to play in college, so this was in all likelihood his last game. His team played well. They only lost 4-1. to one. And Andy scored their only goal. The PA announcer butchered butt. Two, I played golf in the McKenzie Cup tournament in England. The host club went above and beyond to make everything special. They even hired an Ivor Robson impersonator. If you don't know the name, you know the voice. Ivor had been the British Open starter for a million years. As we went to the first tee, he announced my partner in that distinctive high-pitched sing-song, now on the tee from Crystal Downs, Russell, guess me, pronounced perfectly. Next it was, now on the tee from Crystal Downs, Edward Boot. Boot. (laughs) What can I say? Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. And that's Ed Butt, episode 51, right? Episode 51. Scary how I'm starting to memorize some of these. Mm -hmm. I guess the real question, though, Roxy, is how do you butcher butt? I know. I mean, I like I honestly I could see thinking that oh it may be boot, but yeah, but B U T T that's pretty that's pretty standard. Yeah, I mean I don't know maybe drop one of the T's if I they mean no so, offense so Ed I don't mean your correctly. standard I you're amazing but no right no I know what you're saying yeah yeah I don't know I don't get it anyway people are funny all right let's just rip the bandaid off let's get to it greetings Choxy and friends now he's <laughs> greeting everybody. <laughs> I noticed on Facebook that Dina showed off a peanut butter and tomato sandwich that spawns two or more questions. What else can go with a peanut butter sandwich that is not so conventional? Cucumber, pepperoni, goldfish crackers? Two, does it defeat the purpose if you build up the peanut butter around the item in the sandwich? Let's say you coated both pieces of bread and built a wall of peanut butter around it. Would that be killing goldfish, tomato, cucumber? Three, why does dipping pretzels in a jar of peanut butter work, but dipping Tostitos into a peanut butter not? 
Grits crackers, club crackers, even saltines work in peanut butter, but graham crackers? Not so sure. Yet Teddy Graham crackers <laughs> in peanut butter works. Is there a checklist for old podcasts? I feel like this is like collecting baseball cards. I don't really go in order, but I find myself doubling up because I need a checklist card. You know what could make a good trivia contest? I listen to an old episode and send in a question quasi related to the episode Then you have to guess which episode I just listened to. That sounds like a lot of fun. I didn't really plan ahead, so I don't actually have a quiz about an episode right now, but keep yourselves primed. I'm not sure how I feel about the New York Giants, New York Jets name thing. In theory, I should feel a little bit slighted because I live in New Jersey and the teams that play here are denying our existence as a place. That's what I'm saying. On the other hand, I don't think I would want the Eagles calling themselves the New Jersey Eagles. So you can see how it's a can of worms. Oh, you have no, it's a bucket of worms. <laughs> Trust us. I guess it would be kind of cool if anything people in New Jersey didn't like they could just give it to New York. It would be way more appropriate if the New Jersey Turnpike were called the New York Turnpike. And God knows all the cars on the parkway in the summer have New York plates. I'm not sure where this is going, but I guess New Jersey should just start leasing bits and pieces to New Yorkers. They can have them all in the Meadowlands for a deep discount, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> P.S. I located my unused TK sticker. I'm donating it to the podcast. Please select a winner and I will mail it to them. PPS, I don't proofread, so I definitely apologize to Shad for typing Chad. Pretty sure it's the same amount of syllables, though. <laughs> Brandon Borzelli, Lebanon, New Jersey. Yes, we knew it was coming, Littles. Wow. All right, and then we're just going to end with an easy one. This one was kind of funny. I heard, it was Jonathan Conrad, episode 123. He just said, is it too late for the, quote, good thing they have expanded playoffs in the PL joke? Or should I wait for a bit? Now, PL, do you have any idea? PL. Hmm. I had no idea. <laughs> no. I, but I figured PL. it out. Yeah. Bobby Gottfried is screaming at you right now, Roxy. He's screaming into his listening device. Uh, something league. Okay. Premier League. There you go. Whoa. She got it eventually. It didn't you take do me that long. You do but not want to know close. what the first thing I thought well, of was. Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, you're going to eat these abbreviations we get sometimes. I mean, I know. we have no idea what we're talking about. Nope. So anyway, <laughs> that's all the time we have, Roxy. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can just go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. Everything is there. Email, Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, we're at loyallittlespod. Yes. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter. Because we're there a lot. We're there a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably too much. But thank you, Dick Ash, for coming on to Meet the Littles. And, of course, thank you, Joe Magnew, for coming on for five mediocre minutes. They were not mediocre, but that's what we call them. And, of course, thank you, Tony Kornheiser and Honest Larry for our bumpers this episode. And don't forget, if you do listen to us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a nice rate and review over there. Side note, Roxy, why are people so mean? Uh, send them my way. I'll fix them. People suck. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. I got to the bottom of this real quick. I got to the bottom of this, I think, four star. Remember we had a four star rating last time with no comment? Oh, right, right, right. Roxy. Roxy's not going to be happy with me. You know, those. you get these calls, these scammer calls, and you're just like, sometimes you're like, let's have fun with this. Dear. When they call, you start talking to them instead of just hanging up on them. Well, Chuck here kind of got the idea with that. I've been approached by multiple, like four or five. I don't know how this happened. I'm in other podcasts, Facebook groups. These people approached me about promoting our podcast. Yeah, okay, podcast now, on, promoters. Right. On the outs, it sounds like a good idea, but they're all scammers. Okay, that's mm -hmm. all this is. Mm -hmm. And I pissed one of them off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what happened. As you do. Well, because I went with it and I was the first thing like, hey, send me the link to your podcast. So I'm like, sure, here's the link to our podcast. I don't care if someone else wants to listen to our podcast. Yeah. that has nothing to do with the littles. Right. You know, that's fine. 
fine. But then he started going in. He's like, oh, this is a great podcast. I could get your listenership up triple what you have now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Do you know Littles? Are like, you a Little? Yeah, right. Or are you Tony Kornheiser? Because that's yeah, right? really what we need. Yeah. And so anyway, so he's like, yeah, just give me 50 bucks. And I'm like, I'm not going to, why would I give you 50 bucks? You haven't done anything for me yet, first of all. He's like, well, it's it's guaranteed. Money back guarantee. And how do you know this guy's legit? Well, that's the other thing. So so anyway, but I'd already given him the link to our podcast. That was that's, the mistake. That's fine. but like, No, it's not. Because then what happened was I told him to go take a hike, basically, and not those <laughs> exact words. No, you, know. you didn't. Oh, of course. I was like, are you out of your mind? I was like, Get, I'm, and I'm like, I'm going to block you. Stop harassing me, basically. Next thing I know, we got a one-star rating on our podcast. So anyway. With no comment, right? With no comment, actually. No comment needed on that one. You know, so this I was world stupid. is full of jerks They're just, sometimes. Just mean people. Mean people suck. Get a life. Mean people suck. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast. Don't forget, if you need a grip for your stick, you go to stickgrip.com. If you need fog free eyewear, fogfreeeyewear.com. If you need books, any kind of books, go to aaronsbooks.com. That's A A R O N S B O O K S. Don't forget to, in the comments, use the code. LL pod for 15% off. Don't forget to do that. And remember, if you're out shopping online tonight, don't forget to use the code people. Bye. It's not Selleck worthy, but yeah. <laughs>
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, jeez, oh man, another little. Oh, yeah.